Information provided by Wall Street Penning Zoo is for educational purposes only and not intended to be financial advice. Please consult with a licensed financial advisor before making any financial decisions. Hello and welcome back to the Wall Street Petting Zoo. This week at the zoo, we've got a special episode by special request from listener Andrew Mason Woods. Andrew is interested in airlines. So uh, today, Robert, we're going to dig into some airlines. Sweet. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, I looked pretty closely at Southwest Airlines. Um, The analysts have consistently recommended this as being the best of the airline stocks mostly because of its cash reserve. Um, So I looked into, I started with just looking into the cash reserve, and there's this metric called the current ratio. And the current ratio in crude terms is an estimate of how many years worth of cash a company has left in order to cover its liabilities. So um, here are just some of the current ratios of airlines in order of, um, you know, ascending order. So ICAGI, um, which is an, a European airline, ICAGY, um, is has a current ratio of 0.68, meaning that it's got about two-thirds of a year left of cash. Um, that's one of the lower end ones. United Airlines has about a year, as does Alaska Airlines. Delta Airlines can make it about a year and a quarter. And then the two best airlines in terms of cash reserve are Spirit Airlines with just under two years and Southwest with just over two years worth of cash. So uh, the analysts, I think, are right that Southwest is the best of the airline stocks in terms of being able to uh, last in terms of cash. Yeah, I, uh, you mentioned earlier that uh, the Southwest, they did also issue new stock. Yeah, the... Um, you have to understand Southwest did already have a lot of cash going into the pandemic, but all of the airlines have raised additional cash in order to be able to last. So they've all issued new shares and they've all taken on new debt. So just because they have a lot of cash doesn't necessarily mean they're in like a really good financial position because the debt Southwest debt has doubled and the number of shares has increased quite a bit. So there's been a lot of sort of dilution of your the value of your shares. Um, so I think that you, you know, cash certainly is an important metric because it tells you what the risk of bankruptcy is in the next couple of years. Southwest looks pretty safe for the next couple of years in terms of bankruptcy risk. But, you know, they're not necessarily in a better financial position now <laughs> um, because they have all of that debt and because their share, share uh, value has been diluted. Yeah, and then another positive thing to go along with airlines is that the the stimulus bill is working its way through Congress, and that includes $17 billion in support for airlines uh, with plans to maybe add several more billion dollars of aid four months from now. Uh, we We don't exactly know the terms of what that government support will be. We don't know if that's grants, loans, or uh, share purchases. Um, but overall, the odds are it's going to help the industry. We don't know how much it will help. Um, but it just goes to show that the government will always go to bat for the airline industry. 
they're prioritizing bailing out the airlines and big business. Uh, I I noticed that trend from I think when the the last bailout from the airlines, and I think we talked about it a little bit briefly um, back in April or uh, April or May. Uh, and because I put down a bunch of money on uh, on travel stocks, and because I was anticipating the government to step in and bail out the air industry. You've been doing very well on your your travel bet during this pandemic. Um, yeah, I think that uh, you know too big to fail is very real, and small business has totally gotten the shaft in this pandemic. Basically, you have to be. Um, you know, a minimum size in order to qualify for government money. And uh, a lot of small businesses don't qualify, but they sure are uh, going to bat for those big companies. I think, um, yeah, the, the, an airline bailout is going to be good for all of the airlines probably, but it's going to be best for the ones that are actually less liquid. So the ones that are in more financial trouble, like United Airlines and Alaska, have, I think, more to gain potentially from a, a bailout, especially if there's grants, if the government is actually just giving away money, then those will be the airlines that benefit the most. Whereas like Southwest, actually, because they've been responsible and they have this big cash reserve and they can last for two years, um, they would benefit if there were no uh, bailout potentially because their competitors would go out of business and therefore Southwest would come out of this pandemic in a better position and with probably a larger share of the market as a result of their competitors having sort of died and, and sold off their assets. So I don't know that, um, you know, Southwest is the proper play for a bailout scenario. But on the other hand, if the um, if rather than giving grants, the government is giving loans or, you know, purchasing shares, then Southwest might be a good bet because Southwest doesn't need the loans. It doesn't need to take on additional debt. It doesn't need to sell shares to the government. And so there probably would be less dilution. They would take less advantage of that kind of fiscal support from the government than, you know, your United Airlines or your American Airlines or your Alaska. So um, I think that, you know, in the event of grants, um, those... The, the companies that are in more financial trouble are going to be the ones that benefit. But in the event uh, that the government is offering loans or share purchases, maybe stick with uh, the ones that are in good financial shape like Southwest or Spirit Airlines. Yeah, even if you know, like interest rates were to go back up on normal loans, even if those loans were available, assuming they were loans, uh, I would assume Southwest would be smart enough to pick up those loans rather than one from like a bank uh depending on, you know, the, the terms of those loans. So, uh, even right. if it typically those loans are coming, you know, you don't have the collateral requirements that you would from a bank. So, you know, airlines that are in some fiscal trouble will, will be able to get those loans, but they also tend to have really low interest rates. And so it's possible that, you know, Southwest could refinance some of its existing debt at a lower interest rate. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, Southwest, I think, does look pretty expensive right now. We were uh, chatting before the show about how Southwest is now at the bottom end of its pre-pandemic share price range from 2019, uh, despite the fact that it currently has negative earnings, negative free cash flow, and less than half of its pre-pandemic sales. It is trading in its price range from 2019 um, in terms of share price. And it looks even worse when you look in terms of market cap, because of course, Southwest issued more shares in the last year 
So, you know, you're multiplying the, the share price by a larger number of shares, and that doesn't show up on the stock price chart. So actually, if you look at the market cap chart, that is a more accurate view of, you know, what Southwest valuation is in terms of its historical valuation. And in market cap terms, Southwest is actually in about the middle of its pre-pandemic price range from 2019. So you currently, if you buy Southwest today, you are paying the kind of mid-range pre-pandemic price range from 2019 for that stock, which is a lot for a company that is in way worse financial shape today than it was in 2019. Yeah, and that's uh, assuming that they're going to, you know, fully the airline industry fully recovers by 2022 so a lot of new investors um they're probably gulping up all these stocks because they're like oh look it's still you know the level before uh before covid or it's still below those levels before the pre-pandemic levels so we're still getting it at a bargain which like you said it doesn't reflect on the chart of how many stocks were available at that time yeah, analysts currently are estimating that, you know, Southwest earnings will recover to pre-pandemic levels by the first quarter of 2022. And I think that that is what the market is banking on, that, you know, they're looking at the share price and going, well, you know, the share price could um, get back up to its pre-pandemic levels as soon as earnings recover to pre-pandemic levels. But it's a lot more complicated than that. Um, even if earnings do recover completely by 2022, air travel does completely recover by 2022. Uh, Southwest is a worse uh, in a worse financial situation now. Um, it has doubled its debt. It's lost about a sixth of its asset value per share um, as a result of issuing new shares. And it will probably continue to issue new shares potentially for at least the next couple quarters um, and continue to lose book value and or take on new debt. Um, it'll probably be at least four years before Southwest completely recovers its book value. And also, Southwest used to pay a pretty big dividend, and it has completely suspended its dividend. And if and when the dividend comes back, it's possible that it will be smaller than the original dividend. So there's a lot of other stuff going on here that we have to factor in. And even if its earnings fully recover, it's possible that investors won't be as willing to pay the same amount for those earnings in three or four years because it has lower book value and it doesn't have a dividend or it has a lower dividend than it started with. So I think actually this is, you know, people are looking at this stock and they're thinking, oh, this looks cheap, but it's not cheap. <laughs> yeah. How do you, uh, how do you think the vaccine rollout will, will go or how it will affect the air travel industry? Well, you know, we, I actually made a chart of TSA throughput and we'll put this in the video. Um, TSA throughput is probably about a third right now. It's a little more than a third, I think, of the, the pre-pandemic levels. It has improved a little bit um, over the course of the fall, but not much. I mean, we have, it, it really, I think mostly what we're seeing is seasonal variation through the fall. It doesn't look like we've had real recovery through the fall. Um, so until the vaccine rolls out, I don't think we're going to see a true recovery in air travel. Now, assuming that the rollout goes well, um, we could potentially see air travel come roaring back in 2021, but there's delivery problems with the vaccine. I mean, Pfizer just announced that 
because of a lack of raw materials, it's only going to be able to produce half as many doses as it originally intended to produce. Um, lots of countries are signing contracts with Moderna to get more doses of Moderna vaccine in order to make up for the, you know, Pfizer not being able to produce as many doses. Um, but there's, of course, vaccine storage issues with the cold freezers. Um, I think the logistics of vaccine rollout are not really fully worked out yet. And so how fast is the vaccine going to get distributed to the population? I don't think we really know. And I also don't think we really know yet how um, that's going to affect air travel numbers as people get vaccinated. So there's still a lot of uncertainty here. It's quite possible that, you know, air travel will come completely roaring back to pre-pandemic levels by the first quarter of 2022, as the analysts expect. But I think that's a pretty optimistic projection. Yeah, I know uh, this week they've been, some counties have been doing uh, vaccine rollouts where they basically are checking to see if they're able to provide the vaccine in a drive-through environment, uh, which would greatly, you know, increase the speed at which people get vaccinated. Um, but the biggest problem they're running into is uh, the freezers, because obviously if they're going to be running this stuff out of a parking lot, I mean, you can't really just run a really long, you know, power cable for these massive freezers in parking lots. So they have to, and they have a, a life, uh, a lifespan of once they are, because uh, they have to be uh, brought down from that temperature and put into saline. And in order to do that, it's, there's uh, basically, it has an hour shelf life once it's uh, mixed with saline to basically being able to inject into people. So they're running to the issue of, okay, now how are we going to get the uh, vaccine from the hospital or from wherever it's being stored into this parking lot? Um, which good, the good thing is right now we're in the colder months had this vaccine come out in the summer, this would be a logistical nightmare um, more than it is right now. So um, hopefully they, these dry runs will help uh, work out the kinks of uh, what's going to be roadblocks for getting this vaccine rolled out quickly. I don't think we have completely figured this out yet. Yeah. Uh, Robert, would you buy airlines today? Uh, I directly no through an etf yes because uh i don't like to directly take risk especially for airlines right now i think that's um a really big risk right now investing in airlines uh i've my myself i've gotten a lot greater returns uh, investing in travel etfs um one specifically is uh tpor it's a direction etf and uh it's heavily weighted with uh, with more in industrial and business investment like FedEx and uh, uh, Pacific uh, Rail. Um, yeah, and this it has is the um, the transportation ETF from Direction. It's a the ticker is TPOR, and it's a leveraged ETF, which means that you're putting in a dollar and then they are borrowing against that dollar in order to buy three dollars worth of stock out in the market. Um, and so you potentially can lose three times as fast, but you also can win three times as fast. And I believe that has quintupled since March. Yes. And they have some exposure and it's very little exposure to the airline industry, but that's as much risk as I'm willing to put into the airline industry. But 
uh, as I've stated before on this podcast, the government will always, as and they've always shown that they will bail out the air industry. Uh, so until they prove otherwise, uh, I mean, I would say you you probably wouldn't lose all your money if you invest in the airline industry today, but um, there's probably better places to put your money than the airline industry. Yeah, I think given the prices, I'm I am uh, not an ETF person really, um, and especially I'm not um, a leveraged ETF person because I've been burned in those before. But um, I do I, I'm a stock picker, and so you know, looking at Southwest, would I buy it today? Probably not. I think it's expensive um, at this price. If it dipped to a support level at thirty eight dollars per share within the next couple years then I would look at it. And I think there is even a possibility that that could happen fairly soon with, you know, COVID cases spiking. If COVID cases continue to spike as it looks like they are, uh, you know, we've got the holiday season right now. We could see a significant impact on TSA throughput, you know, travel falling off. Um, and then you might see a dip in the airline stocks that would be an opportunity to buy at like $30, $38 per share. Then I would seriously look at Southwest, but I would not want to buy it, I think, at any price above that. Um, I also think that Spirit Airlines is an underrated uh, stock. As I mentioned at the top of the podcast, um, Spirit Airlines is almost in as good a position as Southwest is in terms of its cash reserve. It's got a couple years worth of um, cash to cover its liabilities. It's trading at a much larger than discount than Southwest is. Um, as we said, Southwest is in the middle of its pre-pandemic price range in terms of market cap. Spirit is at the bottom of its pre-pandemic price range in terms of market cap. So it's you know still, I would say, fairly expensive to be trading anywhere in its 2019 price range, but at least it's not um, as inflated as Southwest is. I think Southwest has had a lot of hype. A lot of analysts have picked Southwest out as be being a good choice. Um, and I think as a result of all of that hype, the price is a little bit overblown right now. Spirit Airlines, um, because it's a smaller company, uh, is not as inflated. And small caps are looking pretty hot right now, so this might be a good choice. Also, Spirit Airlines um, never had a dividend, so it still doesn't pay a dividend, but Whereas Southwest should probably be trading at a much cheaper price as a result of having discontinued its dividend. Uh, Spirit Airlines does not have that the same reason for uh, being discounted as Southwest does. So um, given all of that, I would say Spirit Airlines probably is the better buy right now in the, in the airline space. All right, folks, if you enjoyed the podcast today, uh, you can subscribe to it through YouTube, Podbean, Stitcher, or iTunes. We would love if you would give us a five-star review, especially on the iTunes store. That's a very popular place for podcasts. We really appreciate your support. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter, where I post news updates throughout the week. We don't do any advertising for the show, so word of mouth is the only way we get the word out, and we really appreciate uh, any like or share or uh, comment on your favorite social media platform that really helps us get the word out about the podcast. If you would like to support the podcast financially, uh, you could do so by clicking the referral link to Webull under our YouTube video and opening a Webull brokerage account and depositing $100. You will get a, a couple free shares of stock for doing that, and so will we, and that helps support the podcast. 
Webull's great community and powerful analytics tools make it our trading platform of choice, in my opinion, a thousand times better than Robinhood. Thanks so much for listening, and we will see you back at the zoo next week. See ya.